Tired of winning the tailgate, but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up, everybody? Episode one? Question mark? Who am I? Who's talking to me right now? This is Squaring Around. My name is Jacob Rodriguez. Uh, went to Texas State. I was the editor-in-chief of a paper called The University Star. Established 1911. And that's where our story really begins, because that's where I met one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Andrew Zimmel. He's doing this podcast with me. We're both professional journalists now, out of school. You know, I'm a producer, Ken's Five. Andy is a... Right now, currently in Lubbock for covering a game. I'm a troubadour, Jacob. I'm a troubadour. I go where the work is. No, you it's, do have it's an good. actual job, though. I do have an actual broadcasting job. I'm a, I'm a radio mercenary. Uh, you dropped off the title. I thought you were going to say Texas State Sports Press, but that's fine. We'll, we'll well, that's kind of like that. the the whole impetus of this like episode one is just kind of like weaning people into us. Who is Texas State? What is Texas State? We know you all have not been watching because. <laughs> There hasn't been a lot of excuses to. I mean, frankly, before this hire, like we were ready to tap out and just be a baseball school. You know, that's like the one really bright spot for us at the moment. No kidding. No, I 100% agree with that. And uh, if I had to watch another hook, another curl route, another screen pass, I probably would have just said, you know what? Cancel the football program. Damn what that does to Title Nine, but we can't we can't keep putting a product on the field. Use the football field as a lacrosse uh, pitch because yeah, I'm done with it. The track inside the stadium <clears throat> again, you know. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we have a new head coach, GJ Kinney, uh, and we were talking about going down memory lane and little flower petals, little bit of perfume feels pretty good. It's March. The hire was what in December, mm-hmm. and uh, he hasn't done anything to screw it up yet. He still has all the fan support, I think. Would you say this is still the honeymoon or have you now gone home and you're, you know, you're You're still very much on the the sandals beaches. Well, because he was hired December 2nd. I'm looking at the release from the school. This podcast for everybody's information came as a direct result of this university having this, what it felt like to be a renewed commitment. I was on a vacation in Mexico city and I was like, Andy, when I come back, we're doing a podcast. And you were like, sure. Yeah, saddle up. And we had no idea it was going to take off to this point. And now we're on the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football Network. Well, so, yes, it's very still very much the honeymoon, to answer your question. We're still very much on the Sandals beaches looking at the love of our life, being like, I cannot believe we committed to this marriage in front of our friends and family. Now, the question is, after that first loss, after that first mortgage payment, what does it look like? Right. Mm-hmm. What does it look? Because right now we're in this uh, till death do us part right through sickness and through health with uh, GJ. But Texas State fans, I'm not going to say they're a fickle fan base. I will say they're a little impatient. I will say that they are a little bit uh, begging for any sort of success. So if it means that, like, we go whatever, six and six, five and seven or whatever, um, that is success in a lot of Texas State fans' minds because that's almost triple the wins from two seasons ago, a season ago. So we're very much still in the honeymoon phase. I have a sneaking suspicion we will be in the honeymoon phase for the majority of this season, Jacob. Um, if you remember, Spavadol, when he came in, people were trying to give him a year zero. They were like, oh, it's a year zero. 
First year doesn't even count. They did the same thing to Withers. First year doesn't even count. So I imagine Kenny probably gets a similar kind of like first year. Does it really count? So I, I think honeymoon the whole 2023 season. And that's another thing, too. We, we we have all these characters in our lives, obviously, because they're either the bane of our existence or this renewed hope, you know, <laughs> like. Uh, so that's kind Heroes of what I wanted villains. this episode to be, too, is just kind of setting the stage. Uh, and, and to your point, too, I think Texas State fans have had kind of like a it's really hard to be one. <laughs> and uh, so you're, yeah. you're really mentally tough. I think if you're a Texas State fan to this point and you look forward to baseball season now because these guys fucking lights out we're not going to really talk about baseball or basketball or a lot of the other sports on here because this is a republic of football so that's what we're gonna football. spend most of our time on in this one i mean yeah i agree with you um if it's kind of like an old school cubs fan that if you knew an old school cubs fan it was like well they don't have any success so if they're dedicating their lives to this crummy team they'll probably be pretty faithful to you the funny thing is, is that Texas State, for the majority of my time covering the team, the alumni base has been very much what other team in Texas is around, right? Like, I'm a Texas State grad, but hey, I root for the Aggies, or I root for the Longhorns, or the Baylor Bears, or TCU. And I think recently, Texas State is really making a push to try to get a commitment from the alumni, the new alumni, to be like, no, you're a Bobcat fan. Now, is it wrong to saddle a fan base with misery maybe um is it wrong to saddle students with thousands of dollars in debt and a bad football team maybe uh you know it's like that that to me is is a something that kenny is really trying to fix is that like if you just give us a product that we can be proud of if you just give us a product that we can just you know hey my dad went to houston and the cougars are good this year but Texas State isn't bad. Texas State got that win. Hey, Texas State goes to a bowl game. You know, just give us a little bit of relevancy. Give us a little bit of bragging rights at the Thanksgiving table, at the Christmas table. And I guarantee you, Texas State fans will, like, shower you in appreciation and love. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, this guy, as I was saying, got hired December 2nd. Already, people are like, what are we going to do next year when he's gone and we win all these games? Oh, my God. It's like, let's hold the fuck up, man. Can hold you... the phone, yeah. Yeah, can we just hang on for a second? Can we enjoy maybe a 6-6 six and six, uh, season? Maybe. <laughs> or 13-0 if you ask the president, which, you know, shout out. Yeah. It's shout literally out. I, it's I one or the optimism. other if you're a Texas State fan. I love the optimism. I personally am not going to be like the person telling you, hey, 13 and 0 is a realistic goal. Because it's just, I don't think that it is. I think that that's a pipe dream. That's insane. Yeah. No. So, yeah. This is our introduction to everything Texas State, basically, in a nutshell. Squaring around. That's our name because that's the bar district in, in San Marcos. It's amazing. You should go. Best bar district in Texas. Um, what do we do on this show? We do basically what we did in college with a show that we did called Cats Got Our Tongues, now defunct. But hey, you know, we all have dreams. They end we, sometimes. We had, a, we had a preview show too, Jacob. That we did. We had a completely... tailgate show, Deep in the Heart of Tailgate. That was amazing. That was a great show too. It was a great I mean, show. It's one of those things, It's just you know, it's kind of like trying to raise a child in the 1800s. You're just trying to get them old enough so that they can start working. And that's what this podcast is. Just get it old enough that it can start working for us. That was before I was a producer, too. So now if I did that show, I'd have an entirely different 
lens you know of reference to pull from like or i could be like hey maybe we should hire more than one editor mm -hmm. and i have body dysmorphia so i'd look really good on camera there you go <laughs> you started slowing down actually as we filmed those if you go back and you just superimpose yourself over all of them like why do you think that is take a, take a shot in the dark why you think that is because <laughs> we started doing youtube things when you start putting a guy on camera every day it's kind of like uh oh probably yeah, need to you probably did need have a gym. weekly segment actually at the star too mm -hmm. or the texas state press corner or something like that yeah, the hot corner with the Texas State Sports Press. Thanks for all the respect you're giving me on this podcast. Uh, yeah, dude, this is all about us uh, giving ourselves uh, clout and the, you know, the license basically to talk about Texas State because you know you have to know who we are basically to to know what the hell we're talking about. I, we're coming I, from um, I think that the, the difference between the majority of people with the microphone that you see on TikTok and YouTube and stuff like that. TikTok. Um, huh. TikTok. Tick tock. Yeah, the, the amount of people who just have a microphone to talk. I, if you're trying to be like, this is why we deserve your attention, which I, I get. Um, the reason we deserve your attention is because we've been long suffering. Uh, we have been in the depths of hell with this team rolling in the mud. And if you are somebody who has been in the trenches with us, listen to the podcast because I guarantee you that we are going to kind of commiserate with you. This isn't going to be a mouthpiece like some other podcasts, this isn't going to be um, a podcast that's going to try to, you know, put sprinkles on doggy doo goo. This is going to be a podcast that's going to tell you the truth. And I think Jacob, with his background in journalism and my background in just truth telling, um, you know, I, I gives gives you something that other podcasts might not. I thought it would be fun because I'm really bad in like resumes or job interviews or anything to like brag on myself. You know, I feel like that's a thing I struggle with professionally, mm. but I think I could brag on you and then you could brag on me. And then that'll be like our kind of resume shell out, you know, got you. So, Andrew Zimmel, class of 2020 Bobcat. Uh, I had to force him to jump into the river when we graduated. That's a big tradition at Texas State. Uh, he didn't want to do it, didn't walk, actually, because we had like a COVID ceremony. So we actually graduated at the stadium, which is until this fall, when apparently we're going to go 13-0, and the best thing that ever happened to that stadium was me and Andrew graduating there. I, I would agree. I would agree. Now, force me to get in the river. I don't know about that. Yeah, I was pretty, kind of pulled drama. I was pretty bit. excited about getting in the river. Um, uh, Yeah, Jacob, uh, former editor-in-chief of the Star, a very um, prestigious newspaper in uh the state of texas and honestly at this point the world uh not a lot of good student newspapers anymore uh he started as a sports editor and completely revamped that they actually started covering sports which was a shocker to many people um he for whatever reason forced me down the throats of the rest of the editorial staff which at this point i mean honestly they're lucky to have me but they were uh they were not exactly thrilled um went on to be a great producer and uh, now produces this podcast yeah. and does a lot of other cool stuff. This is my free time. As a cat. Really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Zimmel did everything on Bobcat radio, everything at KTSW he still does some stuff It helped get uh, some of their first like hall of fame class people in, uh, still really involved over there. They still love them. Uh, I was just on campus actually, cause I'm on the advisory board for the university star established 1911, former editor in chief, Lyndon Bain Johnson. Also a distinguished alum of Texas State. So that's our one bragging point that we bring up constantly, even though we have a few others, you know, George Strait, Randy Rogers, uh, a few things we'll get into. We could, we, I want to debate that with you. 
Go ahead. So the, the, the graphic was shown this past week of like famous Texas alums and they weren't like McConaughey. They, they did. I thought the LBJ, it's a president. Very cool. I thought it should have been George Strait. And here's why, because this, and this is completely honestly, this is why more people go to see more, have more people have seen George Strait in person and have been affected by George Strait than I think LBJ. And I understand you're going to say, well, Zimmel, the Vietnam War. No, I think George Strait has done a lot more for just the world than LBJ did. That's my take. Would you like my quick retort or my... Uh, <laughs> Give me the quick retort. My long retort. Um, well, he did do a few things as president. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. He did a lot of things also, as president. like having LBJ as the president, right? Obviously, there's a... I can go on and on about this for days because I was the editor-in-chief of the University Star. And when you are that... You kind of get indoctrinated into the. It's like the Avatar, basically. You know, like when Aang has like all those guys. Like that no, was what no, I. No, did. no, no, no. You get the you get the cord and you just you plug get, it in. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm picturing. Downloaded into the university, basically. Yep. And so, uh, I've heard so many stories about LBJ, like the fact that um, I don't know if this is true or not because somebody, well, my buddy Zach Einot, he was also an editor at the University Star. Shout out Zach, um, but he was telling me that he was reading this uh, biography about LBJ. Uh, it was apparently very well known. I had no idea because I don't read like that. Hey, happens. <laughs> and he was telling me that uh, all these like little like minutia things about LBJ at the star. And I was like, you know, the LBJ won the star editorship in a poker game. He was just a habitual gambler that was the editor before him. And <laughs> they were at this game and LBJ was like, well, let me take your paper. And he was like, okay. That's the story I heard, at least. And that's the story I'd like to believe. Look, all I'm saying is that I think George Strait has done more, period, than, than LBJ. Nonetheless, now I've got Alan Dulles, John McClellan, but uh, you've got, you're my man on that commission, and you're going to do it. And don't tell me what you can do and what you can't, because uh, I can't arrest you, and I'm not going to put the FBI on you, but uh, you're goddamn sure going to serve, I'll tell you that. I mean, uh, he George, Strait, George Strait could invade uh, could invade Vietnam. Uh, LBJ could not do a residency in Vegas. I'm talking about code to go. When are we getting are we sure? Come on. sponsorship? Think about it. That'd be fire. George Strait could commit war crimes. LBJ could not sing Amarillo by morning. Friend of the podcast, George Strait. Was yeah. Let's talk I'm, about it. I'm defending. I'm defending him. I just think also the rest of those people were like pop culture icons, and it's like, why would you not put George Strait there? Yeah. Why would you put the president? That was my. That was the other thing. I was like, all right, I get it, but like, you know, why? Why this? Have we bragged about each other and uh, enough about the university and stuff? I feel like people get it, right? They, people yeah. Get that this is a Texas State show. They understand who you and I are now. Um, I, I want to talk about a little bit of the format of this. Obviously, this is a Republic of Football podcast. This is separate from what we do, you know, on our side. We talk to the coaches, we talk to the players, we talk to whoever, whoever, and whomever uh, is like really making an impact on campus. We had uh, one of our best episodes actually was with our boy Alex, who does all the graphics for Texas State football. Um, all that stuff is going to be on our main channel, you know, obviously. And then uh, we also have our YouTube stuff that's going to come in concurrently with this. So this is the YouTube version of you know the audio, whatever. Is going to be there. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So you get to see what we look like. Zimmel in his hotel room. Jacob. See if you would swipe right or left, whichever one it is. I forget because I've been off that for a very long time. Wow, what a save! What a save! I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, no. Go to the YouTube channel so you can see how just like uh disgusting we look after. Because I imagine we're probably gonna do a couple of these episodes after games, um, like you know. And I imagine that there's gonna be a couple times where the mascara might be running a little bit because mm-hmm. we're crying because we yeah. lost, and well, because a coach well, got mad because we asked a real question. Well, <laughs> Feelings got hurt. I remember the first question I asked in a. Everett Withers press conference. By the way, I was kicked out of the Alamo Dome. The only place I've ever been kicked out of. Yeah, that. okay. But you cheered in the press box. So it's like, and then you came to me. Then you came to me and we were like, I can't believe I got kicked I was out like, of the Andrew, I got kicked out of the press box. Yeah. Was... Hate to be the bearer of bad news. You can't do that. <laughs> that year, I also won <laughs> best writer in the state for on like live sports writing. So. For his, his excellent coverage of outside the press box. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> got to get the grievances out early. Talking about Withers, the first question I ever asked at a press conference, he had a we had a freshman running back or quarterback. I forget at this point. It's like all oh, really who cares at this point, <laughs> because it's like this team just doesn't have any success. When you don't have success. You don't get headlines. You don't get things written about you. You kind of wither away into nothing. When that happened, right, we had a freshman running back, freshman quarterback, something happened. Um, I think it was Jalen Gibson, actually, at quarterback. This is now four or five years ago. Um, but he was a freshman at the time, and they put him in the game, and that's basically how he ended the game because we didn't really know what we were doing, pissed down our leg, mm-hmm. you know the drill. I asked Coach Withers, why'd you put him in? He said, we didn't want to, end of press conference. <laughs> and that was my introduction to Texas State. I remember we were losing to Rutgers. And we shouldn't have been losing to Rutgers. Any Texas State fan will tell you we shouldn't have been losing to Rutgers. Now, revisionist history and what Withers has put in the, the seeds in the ground, it was like, well, they were a Power 5 team. Okay, sure. So we lost to Rutgers, and they burned one of Vitt's red shirts. You remember, you could play in four games. If you played a single snap in one of the games, it was a red shirt. You use that game. And for whatever reason, they were like, well, we got to throw him in there. It's like, no, we don't. What are we doing? And I remember I asked Withers about um about that. And um, he kind of was in the same, like, I don't really, well, we got to see what we have. I was like, well, that, I mean, good good ideas, I guess. I don't know. Then gave him that I, I do kind of agree with that call now, though, because it's like, well, what did what did we end up doing anyway? Not a whole lot. I guess. I don't know. Anything. I mean, you know, like it's one thing if we're burning like a JT Daniels type letter situation, but it's another one completely if, you know, we're putting. I thought Vip, I don't know. We can. Vip was a great though because he was a high school quarterback. And that's, as you'll find out, is very rare. You can ask any of the, uh, I think any Texas State fan, they'll tell you that like the amount of, is this the guy quarterbacks that Texas State has had has just been like a laundry list. In fact, I would be very curious to see, you know, the infamous Cleveland Browns quarterback jersey. I'd be interested if they ever did something like that. If like an alumni got together. Now, granted, I hope we never do something like that because that means we've had no quarterback success over like 15 years. I think it'd be funny if like the alumni got together and were like, here's a mannequin. Here's a Texas State jersey. Here's a list of all the quarterbacks we've had Um, because it's been it's a lot. Like, I think what like 
There's a couple of years in the Withers era that there were three different starting quarterbacks. In the Spavadol oh, era, there's Tyler Jones for some reason, too. There was two. There was two quarterbacks for sure that would just rotate back and forth during the Spavadol era. Maybe three. And then, you know, now it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, Kenny, this Spavadol was supposed to be an offensive guru, quote unquote. Didn't really happen. Um, I think Kenny is more of a like, CEO, I think he does a pretty good job of like, all right, I'm going to build like a, a program around me. I'm not going to be like the focal point. Uh, and I think that helps when it comes to like the development of different players because you have coaches that are building them up. I'm hoping that that's the case. I'm hoping that it's not a, all right, everybody does their thing, but I got the quarterbacks. I'll figure that out. It's like, no, dude, no, don't figure out quarterbacks. Let somebody else figure out quarterbacks. You figure out recruiting. You figure out fan engagement. You figure out play calls. Don't Talking to the quarterback, fine. But don't be like, this is my thing. I'll figure it out. It's like, don't, because it never works. It like very watch, don't never say never, but very rarely does it work. I think there's like one coach in my lifetime who's been like a quarterback whisperer that has been like, all right, I'm gonna be able to get this guy. And it was Chip Kelly. And Chip Kelly was essentially just like, I'm going to get a really fast guy who can kind of throw the ball. And then it turned into Marcus Mariota and he went to Heisman. And then they went to the national championship like twice. Outside of Kelly, outside of Kelly, there's not a lot of guys in college football that are like, I'm a quarterback coach who also is the head coach. I'll figure this out. And it just, it never works. Well, spoiler alert, that's what ended up happening all last year is Jake Spavadol, you know, he had a Heisman caliber candidate, Will Greer, didn't end up finishing in the top three that year, but he was getting votes and stuff early on. After that really prolific year, he comes down to San Marcos. We're super stoked because this is the guy, right? Obviously. And that was under uh, a different pretext for the entire athletics department, right? There was a lot of, uh, we should fire the AD without getting very into all of this, right? We're, we should fire the AD. We should get rid of the president. The chancellor himself has to come to San Marcos and fix something. We need to dig up grave, like dead bodies that are cursing this campus. Like it, it was really oh, horrible. I and had a seance situation. Yeah, we we had a seance. We were like, we need to ex- execute the ghouls, get rid of the ghosts. Mm-hmm. It was tough. It I was don't, tough. you know, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, so this guy comes to town. I remember dressing up. I had a two piece suit. I was ready to go. We were all super stoked about this guy. And then the world kind of changes, right? So we traveled all over Texas basically with this guy for the first five games of his career. Because they were all like either home or like in very easily travelable places in Texas. Don't tell people uh, that. And we were going to the edge of the earth. We lost like one. I think we lost all of the games, probably. SMU, AM. Yeah, we lost all the games, Jacob. Come on. Yeah, we lost every single game we went to, probably. I think I covered two, two and 10 seasons when I was covering Texas State. So that's my junior year, my sophomore year. Uh, for context, we got to school. Tech, uh, Everett Withers was the coach in 2016. And he told us we were going to win games, win bowl games, do all these things. I saw him speak at my orientation, and I was like, wow, I can't believe we're going to win bowl games. This is crazy. Didn't end up happening. Which is good going back to Kenny, which is good because I've not seen that. I have not seen a clip. I haven't seen anything. I think he said, I think the furthest he's gone has been like, it's it's going to be hard to win, but it's doable. Oh, no, he dead ass said we're going to win. We'll play an exciting brand of football um, offensively. Uh, we're going to be a tempo team, we're a run-play action team, and we're going to light up the scoreboard. Um, 
you know, we have the number one offense, uh, the scoring offense in college football, whether that's FCS, FBS, doesn't matter. Uh, averaging close to 53 points per game. Uh, our quarterback's going to win the Walter Payton, hopefully. He deserves it. Um, he's an unbelievable player and fortunate to coach him as well. Uh, defensively, we're going to attack. Uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to be high tempo on defense as well. We're going to attack. Uh, we lead the, the, the country in TFLs um, and, and number three in sacks. We're going to swarm. We're going to play with great energy and, and, and relentless uh, football, play a relentless uh, style of football. That's a rough. That's a rough look. Just like all of them. He said that basically the same thing is that we're going to play an exciting brand of football. You know, and let me set this straight with, you know, the, the expectations here at Texas State. We, we're going to win. We're going to win games. We're going to win championships. We're going to win bowl games. Right, and we're going to win by playing an exciting brand of football, an up-tempo, exciting offense with a physical, tough defense. And that's what gets me up every day to go to work because I, I want to be that team. You, you guys ever been at a, at a, or watching on TV when a team wins a championship, what do they do with the other team? They push them off the field. They bring a podium in the middle. They have guys with red jackets on and yellow jackets on, rope it off, and the winning team gets to get up on that podium and kiss a trophy and, it, and, and be recognized as the champions. And I work every day to get to that. I work every single day to get to that. And that's where I lost a lot of steam. But then, uh, so let's just get into talking about G.J. Kenny, right? We've been teasing the audience about who this guy is. We, they know where he came from, kind of. Uh, he was the head coach at UIW when they had an explosive season. Granted, the team that he was left behind was great. You know, lights out. The quarterback that he ended up having, Lindsey Scott, he's a pro-caliber player. He won the Walter Payton. He's got a bunch of S, uh, sports center. Which is, which is the Heisman for the FCS. Yeah, no, it's great. got to make sure people understand that. That's like the, the player of the year. He was the player of the year. The yeah, best he, player in FCS football he had, and he lost in the, what, the semifinals? Just... Mm -hmm. Putting that out there. Yeah, they, they went Pretty up against a NDSU team, the Bison. Who lost in the national championship. Tough, tough, tough. So they're like the fourth best team last year. Pretty good. And, I mean, if you look up the stats, right, like, uh, I mean, the athletics department at Texas State will be the first to tell you that UIW led in all these <laughs> crazy categories. And you're like, wait. Because during that press conference, they're talking about we're going to have the highest power offer, all these things. And it's like, wait a minute. This isn't the Sun Belt you guys are talking about, are you? Because things are a little different in the Sun Belt. Hashtag Fun Belt. Yeah, I mean, look, the, it's funny because JMU moved up last year. I was the first person to tell you, I was like, I don't think JMU is going to be very good. I don't think like I don't think that you can just jump from FCS football to FBS football and just be fine. And JMU proved me wrong. They were like, no, we're fine. We're, we actually are going to win the division. We they won the East by default. Or not by default. They won the division. They couldn't play in a bowl game. They couldn't play in the uh, conference championship. But they won. They had the best record in the East. And it's like, okay, but they had all the talent from that national championship caliber team there. And then they moved up. But it's like, it's the difference now having a, quote, national championship contending coach at the FCS level, moving him up to the FBS level. And it's like, all right, now build your program. So unless you can get, like, all the guys that you played with last year to move with you, which he's done a pretty good job transferring. He's those guys done over. basically that. Like he's gotten a bunch of key pieces. It's key pieces, but it's not like a roster one for one type of thing. Well, so yeah, that'd like, be insane. Could you imagine? Yeah. It'd be like if your team moved up, which is what Jamie, you did. <laughs> His coaching staff did move up. I will say that. 
So like, the team around him. Ago, remember a couple years ago it was the who would you rather have like any player to start your team with or Brad Stevens was like the NBA question. And it's like, that's an insane question to ask because coaches like 90% of the time don't win games. Now, I don't think that that's a perfect example here, but it kind of gives me that vibe. It kind of gives me the like, who would you rather have an FCS level coach or like the roster? Now, he's done a pretty good job of bringing parts of that roster with him. But it's like, how can that does that translate? Because the West is super difficult. That's what people forget, I think, that are not Sunbelt fans is that the Western division in the Sun Belt is damn hard. It's a rough division. Troy's a great program. South Alabama's a great program. Southern Miss is really good. Uh, the only teams that are kind of schlubs are ULM and Arkansas State. And sadly, Texas State's that third team that rounds out like the bottom part. So it's like, how do you move your way up? How do you beat those two schools and then steal one from, say, Southern Miss or South Alabama or Troy? Like, how do you, you need to be in the kind of the mix. And I think that if they're in the mix this year, I feel really good going forward. But if they're a bottom three team in the division, now all of a sudden I feel a little bit like, uh oh, run it back, broken record. You know, that's kind of what it feels like run if they lose turbos. this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be really hard for them to win. They have a pretty crazy schedule to start off. I think we, um, you know, he played high school football under great uh, Texas high school football coaches who later became super dominant in the college world. Jeff Trailer, Gus Malzahn. Uh, you know, he's got a wealth of experience, a wealth of knowledge. He's a coach's kid. Everybody always talks about like the romanticism of having a coach's kid as a coach now, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of like completing that entire circle. He played uh, football at the highest levels at the NFL and the CFL. He was a lights out quarterback at U at uh, what was it Utah Tulsa. So did a bunch of things and that's kind of like what has propelled him to we'll talk we'll have a different episode about the signing class that he ends up doing he's still signing people just got a, de- a defensive lineman yesterday um with the whole take back texas model but that's like something i was immediately attracted to because he was doing double duty essentially coaching uiw through their first like semifinal appearance while also uh, building up a roster recruiting kids and at the same time, definitely dipping into the UIW bag for scholarships that he had given out at UIW. And come on, Texas State. Oh, for sure. It's funny. That's It's funny how loyalty works like that, right? Like UIW, I imagine when they hired him, they were like, this is a great hire. We're really happy about him. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a second, you're leaving and you're taking all this talent with you? Oh, brother. Um, and I don't know. College football is From funny. the coaching side and the student-athlete side. And it wouldn't be a Dave Campbell podcast if we didn't say that like high school football in Texas is great, right? Like we got to We got to slip that in there. And him recruiting heavily in the state of Texas is, I think, the first step of a multi-step deal. Now, as, yeah, as a matter of fact, that's his whole deal is we want to recruit high school football. This is what we're going to do. And uh, I was listening back to the intro press conference that I, you know, I've been taking bits and pieces from this entire podcast, but. Don Coriel said something super interesting, too. And I also would like to thank, and I believe they're they're here today, I want to thank the Texas High School Football uh, Coaches Association um, and also all the Texas high school football coaches that I heard from during the uh, the search as well. We look forward to uh, building our relationship with you. We're going to recruit high school football. That's going to be the difference maker that sets this team apart from the team last year, the team before last year, and all these other teams that happened and, last year and oh. rebuild the relationship with the Texas high school coaching association. Yeah. Which, which is makes zero sense Marcus. because San Marcos 
is the home of the Texas High School Coaching Association. So what a slap in the face it was for all these years to basically not have that, apparently. To be fair, Spavadol was having to recruit guys because he was like, we need to win now. And it's like, I can't teach an 18-year-old how to be a college football player. I can teach a 20-year-old a playbook. And it like, I get where he was coming from with it. It just didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things that, like, if if you do something and it works, you're a genius. If it doesn't work, you're going to get fired. And it, he got fired. And that's just – it's a result-based industry. It's a result-based game. And Spavadol didn't get the results he wanted. Well, you have, like, a – kind of like a X and Y relationship, right? It was, like, the, the level of players that you have and then, like, the playbook. And if those two don't meet, like, currently or, you know, like, you're not really coaching to the talent that you have – and you're not really using like all the resources you yourself have as a coach either. Yeah, I, I was telling you, he didn't have an offensive coordinator last year. It's a shame because the only, I think the best team that he had was that COVID year team. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that was the first team I thought that Spavadol had the players to run his plays and had like a system that would work. And then nobody was there to see it. So it like, doesn't really count. You know what I mean? And they didn't win the games. Which, you know, that's part of the like, it's a big problem. Um, but even last year, I mean, he beat App State, which App State wasn't App State, but it's still you beat App State. Like, yeah, it counts for something. Like, you could see that there was like incremental like advancements, but it wasn't enough. And I think with Kenny, I think one of the things that like his what a lesson that he should learn, because I'm always I'm a big guy when it comes to learn lessons from other people's mistakes. Don't make the same mistakes somebody else made. Learn from what they did. What did we learn? Withers had to pretty much start from square one. He had to build a program. All right. When you build a program, what you can't do is be a dick. You can't be a jerk to everybody because athletic director, press, I you just can't. And, I mean, he's a very abrasive person. It works at the NFL level. It works as a defensive coordinator. It doesn't work as a head coach. Spavadol, what did you learn? You got to recruit the state of Texas. You can't have small change. It needs to be big change. You need to show progress, Right. A 67 you can't, you and a, can't like have the margin of error be this much. Yes. And for can't everybody be, listening, my fingers are barely open. Can't be a razor, a razor edge. You you can't go from a 67 to a 68. It has to be like from a 67 to a 70 or a 67 to a 77, right? Like you, you got to see progress. Um, so for Kenny, I mean, learn from those. Be nice to people. And if things aren't working the way that you think that they should be working, don't take a giant swing, but you gotta you gotta change up. You gotta be able to be malleable. Because this is the thing. When Spavadol came to Texas State, people were saying the exact same thing they're saying about Kenny. What are we gonna do in two years when he leaves? What are we gonna do in two years when we win a bowl game and he goes to a bigger pro- job? You can't if I, I don't think Spavadol thought that, but you can as a head coach. You have to be focused on Texas State. Another example of this, Butch Jones at Arkansas State in the conference, in the division. Butch Jones was a pretty well-renowned coach. Like, he was a pretty big-name college football coach. Things didn't work out. He goes to Arkansas State. He was trying to build that program real quick, turn around, go back to the Power 5 level. Well, now he might never be a head coach again because he just can't He just can't figure it out at Arkansas State. And part of the reason he was overlooking the problem in front of him. He was trying to go to that next step. You can't go to the next step. You have to focus on 2023 if you're Kenny. The thing that I appreciated about Kenny during that whole kind of transition, right? When he was coaching UIW and he was back and forth to San Marcos every day, he lived like not very far from where I do in San Antonio, actually, right by UIW. Um, So like during that whole process, he said that the best thing that he could do for himself, for the team, whatever team that he was coaching for at the time, 
which just remember where his feet was. So that tells me that he's at least itemized in like what he has to do. He's not trying to like how Spavadol was doing. He was trying to like raise money, raise expectations. And then at the same time, he kind of gave that excuse too of like, oh, NIL changed everything. Like, well, the third you know, rail of this is that now what Kenny has that Spavadol didn't is he has an athletic and a president that like care about him. Like, I think that these are two people who are going to try to like help him along the way. So I don't think Kenny's going to have to try to fundraise. I don't think Kenny's going to have to like, you know, shake every single hand and kiss every single baby. You know, it, it's nice, but the big reason that like other coaches do that things, like you think, okay, Sarkeesian, you think Saban, you think like those big name coaches, the reason that they have to do those things is because they're going to booster events. They're going to go shake hands and kiss babies with boosters who are going to give millions of thousands of dollars, right? That doesn't really exist at Texas State. I don't think that Kenny's going to have to go to a bunch of different booster events the way Spav did. I think it's going to be more of like win on the football field. And then in the off season, we'll talk to you. Don't, we're not going to make you do stuff during the season, which I think Spavadol did a little bit more of than people really knew. Yeah, no, he was definitely going everywhere. I mean, that's kind of what happened at Texas state too. That, I, you were saying in one of our previous episodes, getting a new coach is kind of like our super bowl. Like that's our bowl win. That's our everything because all the cameras come out, all the lights, everybody starts making a podcast. <laughs> you have it's, these two uh, has-beens from the star that came out and started doing stuff too and started moving and shaking. But honestly, you wouldn't, after a 2 and 10 season, you wouldn't say, you know what I really am excited about? Texas State football. Let's crank up the podcast machine. Like, you just <laughs> wouldn't. It, versus, you know, winning a bowl game, winning a getting a head coach, that's like a good jumping point. And I think this is a good jumping point for fans. I think people who haven't been Texas State fans ever – Right. Like you went to Texas State. Now you're coming back. Maybe you went to Southwest Texas State. And now you're coming back to the program. You've seen the podcast and stuff like that. Um, this is a good jumping in point because now you are. At, we're all at square one. There's no like, hey, Jacob and I have like know this thing about this guy that you don't know. And it, it's our little club. Like, that's not how this works. Like, we're all on the same page here. Everybody's kind of like learning about this program. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going to happen at the same time. The only thing is, is that Jacob and I have like, I'm not going to say inside sources, but Jacob has like copious, more copious free time than the rest of us when it comes to getting coaches on the podcast, when it comes to interviewing guys, when it comes to getting information. So that's why you come to us is because you want to hear about it. We want to know about it and we're all going to learn together. $800,000 a year, Zimmel, is what Texas State values this guy at. He signed a five-year contract. Yes, occasionally on this podcast, we will do real journalism. I take a, a great deal of pride in we, that. We do pocket-watching journalism, where we Mostly just count, we count the money other people are making. How much is he making? What is that guy making? Well, the thing that's interesting about this, this contract that he has, actually, is because the incentives actually are really crazy. If he knocks out sequentially, he would have to do like an insane, like he would have to take us to like a New Year's Six to get over a million in a single year. Uh, you know, as, that's just the contract stuff. So, you know, if he gets a deal from Adidas or whatever other sponsor wants to throw money his way, that's his deal. Um, but he's incentivized to do a bunch of things and it's winning is the main thing. Is this achievable? Is this kind of just like the athletics department throwing like a red herring our way to be like, look, we care, we care. Or is this G.J. Kinney's agent being very savvy about the guy he has? Um, can it be all of them? And yeah, yeah. can I pitch Toyota of uh, San Marcos again? Toyota of San Marcos, get Kinney a deal. He does all of his pressers <laughs> from the car. 
Um, yeah. I'm actually moving today, so you see me. I'm in my in my new truck um, that that I got here uh, down to San Marcos Dodge. So excited about that! And uh, uh, we were supposed to move yesterday because of the weather. It got pushed back today. So uh, not the not the best circumstances, but I'm here and, and uh, get him a deal. No, it's like I think that it's part. Like I think it's partially all those things, right? Like partially, it's the athletic department being like, "Here's some realistic goals for you to go meet." But the same thing. You see this a lot in NBA contracts and like professional contracts. It's like if you throw 70 touchdowns, you get an extra $250,000. It's like, well, nobody's ever thrown more than like 60. So like you think I'm going to throw 70? Like that seems kind of unrealistic. Texas State hasn't been to a bowl game, let alone won a bowl game. And while we're like New Year's Six, a lot of things have to go right for that to happen. A lot, a lot, a lot of different things. Well, we had some news drop yesterday too. A former head coach David Bailiff is coming back to the university, uh, you know, as a special assistant to GJ Kenny, kind of help that transition maybe, or maybe he's just there to lend a year to be a friend. Uh, GJ Kenny called him a really close mentor and stuff actually too, when he was a player and the coach just coming up through the ranks and stuff like that. Um, really cool news. I'm just gonna hit you with. Wow, there you go. That's the news. Uh, that's basically the entire story. But again, that was one of those situations where everybody at Texas State was like. Oh my God! Here we go! Like you know, and it Round kind of goes that like roller coaster ebb and flow yeah. of the athletics department. Circle the wagons. We got another head coach. We like- got him. Let's go! And we do have an associate head coach on the team already. Uh, Daniel DePrado. He's a special teams coordinator. So there's a lot of chefs in the kitchen, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for uh, maybe the different things that they're all doing. Like you said, that there's all about divisible. You know, like uh, I guess like, roles. Say like yeah. They're like roles clear, clear roles. And I think that Kenny is not going to be the guy that like, you know, in a meeting, all of a sudden bailiff speak, speaking up, talking to the team. It's like, wait, hold on a second. Who's the head coach here? I don't, I don't anticipate that happening. I don't think that's going to happen. Having, you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen, but you need to have one head chef. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that I think uh, Kenny's very much the head chef. Well, you and I are very big, uh, the bear fans and you know, Carmen is like pretty quiet. So is GJ. You know, that first presser, he's a little nervous, a little timid at times. I didn't tell him this, but he's got to put this on for his opening remarks. <laughs> Not really. All right. Uh, first off- I could definitely see him. We lose four games in a row going, get the fuck off my ass. Step out. Step out. Okay, I'm going to talk to Marcus. Step, get the order fuck and- off my expo chef now. Get the fuck off! Thank you! <laughs> uh, I hope so. I don't like it when coaches lose games and then are just like, well, guess we lost again, boys. Meet you in I, the stairwell. Meet you in the stairwell. Meet you at Chimmies. It's like, I don't know. I don't like that. I like it when coaches are a little bit more antsy. Now, I there's a, like I said, fine line. Don't tell me that I'm an idiot, but also, like, you know, don't tell me that, like, I'm a genius for picking up in the third quarter that you couldn't run the ball. Like, Give me a little bit. There's got to be a sweet medium. Yeah. No, no, don't, don't tell me I have a nice question. I know it's nice. I worked I on it nice the question. entire game. Answer the question. That's a good way to stall. That's a, that's that's a, a great, great question, question Jacob. Joel. Great question, you, Jacob. Let me tell you what we were thinking actually in the third quarter when we ran it on our own 10. <laughs> this is why we ran that quarterback draw off the two yard line. It's like, okay, why? Cause the running back couldn't run the ball. Yeah, you're right. Spot on. <laughs> I just, I want to know like, cause I had a head coach tell me one time, and it was a, it was a head football coach of a college, and he told me that every play that they draw up is designed to score. 
every single time they draw a play, it's designed to score. So if it doesn't score, somebody didn't do their job because the way that we block it, the way everything's run, it's supposed to score. When you run from the two yard line with your quarterback, I want to know what the what the play call is. Do you think he's going to break a ninety eight yard run? <laughs> like, what's the what's the goal there? Well, I played Just get off. I played get off your own video games pretty competitively for a while huh? growing up. You know, I played video games competitively growing up, and uh, that's definitely not how you play Madden or two K or you know. I think Kenny, we we need to talk to him about that about his Madden playing. Because a lot of head coaches now have been like 2K, Madden, you know, NCAA football fans. And that, that that's a lot of them. That's how they learn the game. You know, uh, I think it's, it works better for coaches. There was a player. I think it was Lonzo Ball that said that that's how he learned how to play defense was playing 2K. And it's like, I don't know how that's going to work. But yeah, it's, you know, I think it works better for coaches than players. Didn't help my game at all, but I'm glad it helped Lonzo Ball. I don't think it helped Lonzo much either. That's true. So what else do we know about this guy? Um, basically, he's a really good recruiter. And we'll talk about that in the next episode. Or I mean, to wrap time. it up, I mean, he's a really good offensive guy. He seems to be a really good team builder. He seems to be a guy that co- the players like. He also seems like a guy with a lot of question marks. And as we get into spring training, spring ball, we're going to know a little bit more when we see the way practices run. Now, I think every single practice across the country looks the exact same i don't think that there's a lot of differences when guys doing jumping jacks and running sprints and doing blocking drills like i just don't i don't think there's a big difference there um some people do i just i'm not one of those guys they actually just sent the like yesterday they sent out the whole like media schedule too so they have a bunch of interviews like all the way to uh what is it March, april 22nd the spring game the spring game is really what we're going to know Mm-hmm. Because in the spring game, if they're running like I'm not saying complex offensive things, I'm not saying complex defensive schemes, but if they run something that semblances a pro game or not a pro game, a college game, then I'll be like, all right, well, we're good to go. But if it's like looking kind of, you know, Mickey Mouse, I'm a little concerned because April turns into August real quick. That calendar changes real fast. Like without even scheduling anything else with the team, right? Like if we wanted to do a square talks or uh, any other sort of open format interview episode that we have on our YouTube channel or on our main site, uh, we're going to hear from DJ Kinney, Mac left, which Jonathan Patkey, uh, the associate or the defensive coordinator, uh, Daniel DePrado, the associate head coach, DJ Kinney again, and then DJ Kinney again. So it's a super open media availability, basically. Is what I'm trying to say. And that's perfect for a team trying to get off the ground. Um, you know, we're talking about the plane that basically never left the ground. Yeah, I mean, it might get the B block on Wednesday. Maybe. It's tough to write it in my show sometimes, too. I went there, know everything about the team. Can't really put it in a lot of places when it doesn't fit in a lot of places, you know? Unless you do, unless you do a constant, like, Bobcat update. But the other thing, and this is like a little bit of inside baseball action for you, if your TV station owns the rights to the sport, right? Like if, if what Ken's five, right? If Ken's five carried all of the Texas state games, then they would do a, Hey, we got to talk about Texas state a little bit more. Cause we're playing, we're carrying all their games, but all the games are on ESPN plus. So the only people who need Texas state to be have like availability is ESPN plus and ESPN plus isn't all that concerned. <laughs> so it's like this content goes where, like we do these interviews and stuff for who, for the TV stations so that mom and dad at home can buy ESPN plus to watch the games. Like 
it's kind of rough is my point. That's it's, it's not a, it's not an easy solution for these guys. I do not envy the uh, uphill battle that they have to go well, sandwiched between two media markets, you know, Austin or San Antonio, which is the bigger one. And then Austin is at 39, but really not a lot of people in Austin watch TV like that. You know, like if you're watching the Longhorns, you're probably watching something else that isn't on local TV. If I'm being real. Yeah, but Texas, I don't know. We it's a it's a trickle. It's a drip. This podcast is part of the drip. The SID is putting out the SID is putting out tons of content. That's part of the drip. All of it is just drip, 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 drip for a Texas State fan to take a swallow of the Texas State juice. Mm-hmm. I so. agree. No, that's a great analogy, Zim. So I cool. try my best. This is uh squaring around on the Dave Campbell's football, college football network part. Uh what am I trying to say? Republic of Football podcast network. Republic of Football on the Dave Campbell Football Podcast Network. Right? That's uh that's a lot to say. It is a lot. We'll come down to an acronym where it's like D C T R O F S A. S A. E one. S one. Yeah. If you're with me. <laughs> We're going to be doing this every other week. So we'll do one for little Dave Campbell and one for us. One for Dave Campbell, one for us. That allows us to continue covering our great baseball team and also catching you all up with everything, basically relieving trauma. All the football news, yep. Mm -hmm. And more coming. Squaring around. ROF1. Peace. Uh, I had a different... Uh, you know some some different opportunities that that came up you know right after the season um and and you know a lot of them had to offer a lot of great things but i wanted to be at texas state Uh, i chose to be at texas state Um, i'm from texas that was important to me Um, i always knew if the right guy got this job you better watch out Um, this place is unbelievable you have 40,000 students you got a river flowing through campus Uh, uh, we're the only texas school in the sun belt um, this place is really unbelievable. Uh, just so fortunate to be here. We need everyone, right? We need Bobcat Nation to step up like they've never stepped up before. Um, our student athletes deserve it. Uh, I believe in this place. I believe in this leadership. Um, I can't get, you know, I can't wait to, to get to work. Um, eat them up. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat em up.